0: Welcome to Press Play and Surrender. I'm your host, Owen McQuinn, and I'm an Irish filmmaker and actor. This is my chance to speak to artists of all kinds, as well as industry players, from up-and-comers to established talent. My guest today is Alkin Servalera. Alkin is a French performer and filmmaker, a classically trained actor whose credits include the short films Le Toile, Pensez-moi and Smut. He and I had plenty in common and, in fact, plan to work together on an upcoming project. So it was great to have the chance to speak one-on-one for the first time. Here's my conversation with Olkin. Hello, Olkin. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing well. And yourself? Good, thanks. Um, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's a first, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's our first time meeting, like virtually, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, And we've been in contact because we're thinking of doing a particular project together, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's been a few months, actually. You know, uh, I haven't set a shoot date yet, but like I'm hoping it'll be pretty soon. But you know me, I kind of get overexcited and I think things are going to go and then I'll start casting and then suddenly have to tell the cast actually wait, it's not happening yet. but um, yeah, I can understand
1: that. <laughs> I can understand that you get excited for a project, but you have more to get through so yeah, it's a bit complicated sometimes, but it, it will be done and we'll be there once you're ready so
0: exactly. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Um, but yeah, when I saw your self type for the for the project, I was very struck by, you have a very regal quality, like you very charismatic screen presence. Uh, it's almost like a young, like French Daniel Day-Lewis to me. Have you ever okay. had that comparison before? No, <laughs> well. but I will take more in the future. I will ask for more about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I kind of need to say.
1: No, it never happened before. Yeah. But, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad.
0: No, that's good. So... um yeah i guess i want to ask you a little bit about your background like where you grew up and what your parents did uh so
1: my parents are my family in general there is no one in arts whether it's music dance they that's not their thing at all uh they like culture and arts going to theaters showing us things like that so i grew up going to the theater quite a lot going to show going to events like that because they like things that are good you know <laughs> so I did that, but yeah yeah but i'm from a very small city in the south of france <clears throat> so there's things that are more complicated to reach sure and when i was eight they opened a theater club in my city and i was in a very very dark place at the time because i I was depressed and I was in a wheelchair because I was sick. So they directed me toward that because I were like, oh, that might help. And I always wanted to do something with acting because I always been someone very artistic, you know, like I was doing a lot of recreating movies, recreating scenes that I like at home and at my grandparents and things like that. So when I started that, I had like wonderful teachers. They were like amazing, but they are great directors. And so yeah, I started there when I was uh, eight. Uh, It helped me a lot to go through everything I was going through and because of my first uh, director, I had made a point to be out of the wheelchair by the time I was supposed to go on stage. So we did everything, all the rehearsals and everything while I was in wheelchair. And like a month before I got rid of it. so we had to to redo some of the things and yeah, that's how that's how I started uh, with her. And then I spent uh, 11 years with them. So I switched directors and in between. I had plenty of internship with different directors in other cities, but I stood with this club for a very long time. And by the time I was about to leave, I became a teacher myself in the same uh, group. So that was a huge, they had a huge impact on who I became, and what I'm doing now, obviously. So after that, I went in between. In between, I went to to the university for theater, and I went to three different conservatory for dance, uh, singing, and acting as well. So I kept myself very, very busy, which was amazing i loved everything i did with with them and with all the people it's something that is very entertaining and fulfilling and uh, when i was 14 something yeah around 14 i felt like i was ready to go towards movies because this is something that i always wanted to do but i didn't feel ready you know at the time i felt too young and too insecure to to go towards that so I started as an extra and did something here and there for productions that were around the the city and uh later when I uh, started university I felt like I was ready to go towards something bigger so I started to to have to cast for bigger roles so yeah. I did that and I started to work with a company that was a young company as well they were just starting and doing all their things by themselves Uh, Adagio Films and they're amazing they have been amazing they are an amazing group Uh, they do everything by themselves and they are very like they don't take themselves too seriously in the way that they are not like oh we must go through here we must they their only rule is if we start (laughs) if we start the project we finish it
0: right follow through Mm mm-hmm um, but it never really stopped since you've been eight years old. Your interest has never wavered,
1: no, never. Uh, it started earlier than that, you know. Um, yeah, it started when I discovered Mary Poppins. Uh, Julie Andrews has been a huge uh, inspiration for me. Like, I'm a huge let fan me tell of... you,
0: Olkin, I used to watch Mary Poppins every single day, yeah, um, when I, I was really did as well. <laughs> six or seven years old. I used to wear a dress, uh, just feeling like Mary Poppins, and uh, I was practically perfect in every way. uh, (laughs) Good. Yeah, no. So I just have that. We have that in common. We really appreciate Julie Andrews.
1: It's it's uh, like when I I remember seeing it and be like, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to be her. (laughs) I want to do that. What she does is fantastic. Like the effect it had on me was just. I couldn't even describe it. I was like, oh my God, okay. And as I grew up, I discovered Mary Streep and things, the uh, people like that. And I was like, oh my God, there's people in, on the, in this world that I absolutely love, you know, that I don't even know, but yeah. I love their work and I love watching what they're doing and how they work and how they create a new character every time. I just find that fantastic. So yeah, it started a bit yeah. earlier than that, but since then it yeah. never stopped.
0: Absolutely. No, I mean, it's such an amazing discovery, like when you're a child or a teenager and you see this, like I always, I used to even go to the pantomime and see that like the men dressed up in drag. And I used to say to my parents, like, I wish that was the real world. Like, and <laughs> you know, it can be if you pursue it as a career, I guess. Yeah. Um, it is really special. Um, so yeah, you went to three different conservatories you say. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And was that intense? What was the process like? How many years? So uh, each conservatory were three years. I don't know how it works here, but back
1: in France, it's three years for the the art courses. So I've started the first one. I was a bit younger. I was 16. So it's when I started to dance because I wanted to be a complete actor. Uh, so I started to dance and I went to this conservatory and they put me into the program. So I did from my 16 to my 18th with them. And when I turned 18th, it was a time when I started to go to university. So I started to get into two different conservatories at the same time, plus the university program that I was doing. And it was, yeah, it was intense. It was was very, very intense. We were doing a lot. But I've been lucky because the two conservatories that I was in are working together because they are two big cities that are a bit further. So there was the one from Marseille and the one from Aix-en-Provence and they are working together and they were creating this big show, this big big musical that I was in. And so it allowed me to work on both programs at the same time without having to go back and forth uh, between the schools and everything. So there was a lot happening But that was fantastic. It was fantastic.
0: And like how many people were in your class? Did everyone stick it out for all the years or did some people leave or?
1: No, you you have plenty of people who just leave around. Well, there's not a lot at first. Uh, In the one in Marseille, we were 23, I think, if I remember well. Uh, And the one in X, we were 18. So that was not like a huge group. But... Throughout the years, some people leave because this is not what they want to do anymore. They don't like yeah. how it works. Um, and towards the years as well, just people drop and don't come back or just change cities, go somewhere else. You know, I, when I finished my, my studies, uh I just left right after. So because I made this decision too, but I have some friends who just left in between. I had a friend who went to Spain in the second year. She loved what she was doing, but she had an opportunity that she didn't want to refuse and she couldn't refuse so she's been to Spain to do what she wants and she's still there and she's thriving she's doing something that she absolutely loves she became a teacher and she's uh, teaching uh, acting as well so it depends on the situation but depends on what you're looking for and what you want I suppose
0: right I mean what gave you the belief and the drive to pursue this as your career you know like Because it is a big uh, risk, I suppose, because it is such a difficult industry to um, make your career. I mean, where did that come from, do you think?
1: Um, I think my first uh, acting teacher had a huge impact on that because she was a real passionate about it. And she had this thing, you know, you have some teachers sometimes when they talk, talk about their subject that you can see they love it and they are like shining with it and you know and she was someone like that who absolutely loves what she's doing and she she i think she passed on to me that that passion and that uh thrive for it but she never lied about how it was she never told me oh it would be magical it would be fantastic she was always very clear with us that it's going to be hard that not everyone is going to make it And that if you want to to make that your job and your career, you will have to work very hard and sometimes you will have to get a second job because you won't be able to pay your rent. So you have to be ready to do something huge and to work twice as hard as someone who might be in an office for a long time, you know, to be able to pay and that sometimes you will have to do things that you don't really want to do and you don't like. and. Right that that's something that really struck me because of like okay so at, at least i know that it won't be just glitters and magic you know but yeah. the the thing is that i never never had something that brought me joy that way you know when i act and when i'm getting ready to act when i learn my lines when i when i rehearse i have this thing that i feel like real joy and things like that and there is nothing else in in my life that I'm like oh I love doing that that much you know right so well, she brought that into me and I think that that what pushed me and she was always they were always here when I was making a decision I was like oh I would like to do this and uh, do you think it's a wise choice and like well why do you want to do it is it because of this 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 so they were a major uh, part of why I make this decision today
0: right I mean yeah I mean. You could get into it for fame or for money and success, but storytelling and becoming the character and should be it, more. It
1: wouldn't it wouldn't work, I think, you know. If you go there and you try to be an actor just to be famous and rich, it's not gonna work because you don't get famous and rich just like that. You you get somewhere because you work hard. Right. So if your purpose is money and fame and you don't actually love what you're doing you're going to get quickly tired of doing what you're doing, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think people can tell if you're inauthentic as a performer, people can probably tell and would, you know, it's like the desperation people can feel off an actor sometimes. Like it will put, I think, put casting directors or directors off maybe if they feel like there's someone in it for a very mercenary reason. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah. You can, you can see it. You can, you can feel it. Like, When I was at school, there were some people at first that are good, you know, that can be good, but you can clearly see where their limit is because they will be next to, uh, there were two girls, they were like huge friends, but one was here because she thought about the glitters for acting and the other one was here because she loves that. And you can see the process when we were uh, preparing for a show. Uh, One was always on her lines and trying to, experiment and find something else and the other one was just thinking that the lines will come naturally she was the only Mm. only one was coming without knowing her all her lines every time we couldn't get the placement on stage it was moving and the director got got really mad about that which is fair you know everyone is providing the work and you have to be patient because one person doesn't want to so it's only fair but you could see that her purpose was not the same as ours and she left right. she left after, after like five months.
0: Yeah. So. Well, that's probably for the best. Um, but I I've done a bit of acting myself. Like I was in a film called Stitches in twenty twelve, uh, mm-hmm. which was a feature which I really enjoyed. And I did a acting course maybe oh, it could be three or four years ago now, but it was Louise Kylie, a ten week course.
1: Oh, and
0: with Darren Thornton and Colin Thornton. And that was great like for me the camera the lens in your face the lights a whole classroom of people the confrontation of that is quite thrilling so if you have done the work and you have prepared then you kind of feel like you're on a higher frequency a higher vibration maybe where you're kind of like oh it's like it's a bit of a tightrope you know but yeah um i don't know if you feel the same way if you're on stage or um, in front of an audience,
1: I do. I found uh, theater and movies very different in a way. I feel when I do it, because when you do a movie, if you mess up a bit, it's fine. You you can just redo it. Even if you're a bit lacking of time, you can reshoot it. Uh, on stage, there is this direct connection with the public and the audience that you know you know they're here, and you are living your story for the full time of the show you know you're doing your thing if, if it's a two hour show you're going to do your full two hours then you're out of it but it's just two hours of being someone else and playing something else and it's thrilling like you have this I have all this energy that is in me and I'm just providing and providing and then I leave and yeah when I'm on on set there's the thing that you have to keep the energy in for me this is how I do it that I, I try to keep the energy up but you cannot avoid the fact that you're gonna have cuts in between and that y- you will have to provide energy but sometimes they're like oh well we have to take a little break so you have 10 minutes where you just hang around trying not to get rid of your character entirely but at the same time you cannot just stand here and wait for things to happen you know so you try to stay i try to stay in the character and i do things at the same times in a way i think my character will do it you know <laughs> to try right. to give it up yeah it's, it's, uh, it's not the same energy, but it's always thrilling to do something like that. And I remember the first time I've been uh, in the lead role for, for a short movie uh, with Adagio Films. I was producing, they were producing a thing, and the camera was so close to me. And I was like, okay, I'm not supposed to look at the camera, but there's plenty of people around, and I'm not supposed to look at them either. And I remember being completely lost. But when I started to do my thing, it completely went away, and I was like, okay, it's fine. I
0: just wait, but the camera very close. Yeah, no, it's it's like maybe on stage you're acting with the other actors, but on set you really have to have a relationship with the camera, and even know that if you place your, if you look at the eye of your set of your co-star, you look at the eye closest to the lens, it's going to have much more connection to the lens. Then, if you look at the other yeah. eye, it's just a tiny, tiny adjustment, but it means there's more uh, connection with you and the audience, I guess. I've been, you know, being on the one film set that I did work on, just the hours of waiting for setting up and they put you maybe in a trailer or whatever. Like, I think the skill almost is to conserve your energy and be able to release it and bring yourself up when required. Um, there's a lot of waiting like, yeah.
1: Yeah, well that's part of the job and yeah. I enjoy watching the the others doing what they have to do as well to see how they approach a thing and what's the relationship they have with their own characters. But yeah, sometimes you just spend two hours looking at them doing the thing and you have to keep yourself up to be ready because at any time they'll be like, Oh, your turn you know, Oh, okay. Yeah. If, and if if you let it down it's it's over, you will have a disconnection between the two scenes and it won't work, you know, so you have to you right. have to keep it up. And that's something yeah. that I worked a lot on with Adagio when I was starting to work with them because they were doing plenty of projects and they have been a huge help on that, to work on this energy and this connection that you keep constant. Uh, that was a real important thing. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I watched your short film. I don't know if you made it with Adagio. Uh, L'Etoile?
1: Yeah, I I'm probably I
0: pronouncing okay. it wrong yeah no you said it right. It's fine. <laughs> but i thought it was very well done uh caught me by surprise really um uh the device of the two characters talking under the tree like it was such a romantic setting and conversation and i didn't expect the reveal um so i mean i don't want to spoil it for anyone who might watch it but it is very Uh, affecting film and was it actually based on a true story of your own life
1: yes yeah yeah that was based on my first uh, my relationship with my first boyfriend so yeah yeah, that was that was really intense to do and that was a really strange exercise to do because I was directing everyone and I was acting at the same time so same as the thing is that I have to keep the energy proper for everything and go back and forth so um, I had my best friend who was here uh, who had been introduced to this world as well and she was here to make decision as well when I was not able to take a proper decision or I didn't think clearly of my thing because I was like oh I want it like that and she's like well I'm behind the camera right now and I see what's going on so that's not going to work right so I had someone support because that was very very strange, you know, to go back and forth with all these uh, feelings and emotions and then going out of it and be like, oh no, you should do it like that in this angle. Uh, but I'm very happy with what I did and uh, working with Adagio was absolutely fantastic because they have done everything uh, in a very proper way and they fold my view, you know. They didn't try to cut something or change something. They were just like, we do what you want to do and we go with it. And I absolutely love that because that was a really important project for me to to put out in the world, you know, to...
0: Yeah, no, I mean, they clearly trusted your vision. Um, And I commend you for turning your experience into uh, such a beautiful film. Um, And I think people should seek it out. So, L'Etoile, it's on YouTube, it has over 2 million views. It totally deserves the audience. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's insane. I I never expected
1: that. You know, when it started yeah. to go up up, I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> no, I, I'm glad like,
0: so it's but yeah, it's insane. Absolutely. Um, and I was wondering also, like, it's kind of an issue at the moment or a topic where people believe that LGBT actors should only be playing LGBT parts, or no, it's LGBT characters should only be played by LGBT actors. Do you think that's true or do you think, you know, straight actors should be allowed to play LGBT?
1: I don't think that's necessarily true, you know. There's plenty of things like that that I don't necessarily agree with because I think the person who suits the part the best should get the part, you know. Right. I, I I don't get mad if I see a straight actor playing a gay character and vice versa, because would that mean that I will only be able to play only gay characters for the rest of my life? Yeah. That, that wouldn't really make sense, you know, but after I, I also like totally agree with the fact that you must have a diversity and that if you have the possibility to cast someone who fits the part and that in the best possible way, and it is also part of the LGBT, take that person, don't make the discrimination of taking the straight just because he's straight, you know? So... uh...
0: Yeah. I mean, it is a complicated issue because you know, often actors, especially in big productions, are chosen because they're somewhat recognisable, bankable, even way back when they made Brockback Mountain, like they were going to cast two very famous actors to play these roles, to bring the most attention to the film, right? But... Are there any openly gay actors who have that kind of star power? Probably not. The reason why they never got the parts because they never got the chance because they're openly gay. So it's a difficult, like vicious yeah. cycle. And
1: there's also the thing that is getting a bit less recurrent now. But I, I when I came out, uh, when I was 15, mm-hmm. the only gay representation I had were very cliche in a way, you know. Yeah. So this starts to slow down and have better gay representation now. But it's yeah. also complicated when you are an actor and you don't want to be put in that category specifically because all they're going to provide you is cliche roles, you know? Sure. Like, well, know. You know, it's like married in non-role. They were like, oh, you're going to be the dumb blonde for the rest of your life. But you didn't want to be the dumb blonde for the rest right. of your life.
0: So I think... it's the same. Yeah, any any good actor will want to play a variety of parts and challenge themselves to play different kinds of roles. Like you mentioned, Meryl Streep. My God, the amount of different actor, the different accents and different personas she has had over many years—that would be a dream for any actor. So yeah, it's easy to get put in a box and a pigeonhole, um, yeah. and we try to avoid that, you know. Um, for example, I you know I made a uh, LGBT short film a few years ago, but I did my first feature length script on an MA a screenwriting MA a couple of years ago, and that was totally heterosexual and un un uh, you know not based on my life or anything, but it was a very strong female lead film. So in a way, that's kind of gay appeal anyway, because you know most gay men adore these middle-aged actresses so yeah i mean i in a way it still got queer value to a camp value maybe um but yeah um so i also saw a clip from another short film that you were in called smut Uh, yeah but i didn't get to see the full film i don't know if it's available anywhere it looked really interesting like it looked like it was shot in eight millimeter maybe was it shot in a yeah. special kind of camera
1: yeah yeah it was uh, uh the director wanted this uh old movie vibe you know uh so that's uh that's um a short based on the gay porn industry you know in the 60s or 70s i don't remember what. Uh, okay and it was a very wonderful experience very very interesting you know to do uh it's it was very different like i had been naked before on stage but not on camera yet. So it was a very, very different and very interesting to do. The director is splendid in his work, you know, and he has very precise thing in uh, image in movies of what he wants. And yeah. that was a very good, yeah, it was a very good uh, very good experience to do and the actors were all amazing. So it was a bit cold <laughs> in the room. It was a bit cold, but otherwise, uh, yeah, it was it was very great to
0: do. Do you know, has it shown at any festivals yet, or will it,
1: maybe? I don't know, no, I yeah. don't know. We don't get communication on that much.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, there'll be a way to watch it online soon. Um, and I was also wondering, like, okay, so what would, you, you mentioned some of your influences growing up, but what kind of stuff do you watch now, like in terms of even theatre or film? What kind of filmmakers are you currently watching? Anything interesting recently? Uh,
1: recently, not really, because I like to rewatch things I already watched, you know. But uh, I'm a lot into musicals, you know. I, I watch a lot of musicals, and I, I love that. I love to see how they do things on stage. Mostly, I love to discover the the decor, the costume, how they work with the fast change and everything. Uh, otherwise, I'm watching Shadow and Bone. Uh, and I'm not much uh, watching. I I don't watch lots of things at the same time in general. So I have lots of things like I, I'm a huge fan of Star Wars. So of course I watch the Mandalorians. I watch the Rebels. I watch all of that, you know. So right now, yeah, it's what I it's what I'm watching currently. But I'm writing a lot as well, so I don't spend much time in front of the TV recently.
0: Sure, it takes a lot of. It's very time consuming to write, I suppose, and to get into that mode of concentration. I mean, what does your writing approach look like? Do you outline or do you just dive right in to your narrative? Uh,
1: It depends. (laughs) It depends on the moment. I published a play uh, two years ago and it just came in in my mind. It just came up in my mind and I wrote it in a month.
0: Wow. And what was that called? uh it's called corset okay and And is it available to read somewhere or have you staged it yet yeah uh, we haven't staged it yet
1: but uh, it's available you can get it on amazon you can get it on all uh all things when you can get books you know wow (laughs) uh, it's fantastic yeah it was was good and it just came up and i just did it in a month i just got after work every day I, i was writing it and i'm very happy with it and other things take a bit more time because I write, like, create a new universe and things like that. So uh, right now I'm writing something that takes more more time to do. Uh, it just, I, I let it happen when it happens, you know. I don't like to force things because yeah. if I force what I'm trying to write, it's, if I force it, writing one sentence, it's going to be hell, you know. So I yeah. just wait. Oh,
0: well, that's great. Um, And you kind of just let it flow, I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah. I do the same when I write a script, where I I know where I want to go and I know what I want, so I write the scenes that I already have in my mind. I ju- uh, in most of the time, I start with just one line, you know, one sentence that I want in to be to be said, and that will create the full thing around. So yeah. that's how I, I work. And I wrote a script like a few months ago that I want and I want to do as well, uh, which is LGBT. Uh, so that took me a few weeks as well. It was quite quick. Uh but the review after was a bit longer. Because I wanted to make sure that what I what I was writing was good for me and for the for the
0: thing I wanted. And but yeah. And this is a film script? Yeah. Yeah, it's a short movie. A short film. That's great. I mean shorts are difficult, I think, just to pack some meaning into a short space of time. It's almost yeah. easier to write a feature. You have more breathing room, I guess. But um, if you yeah, can you do can it... Yeah, you
1: can go over everything. But it's true that uh, short films, uh, you have to reduce yourself, you know, to not go too far and yet tell a lot of things and create a connection with the characters in a short amount of time. But I yeah. like that. I found it a very interesting uh, exercise. And I, I, I like watching short movies as well. So it's uh, I find it's a very good exercise
0: yeah listen thank you so much for being on the show today i really appreciate it and i'm really looking forward to working together i think it'll be fantastic same Same. yeah um so listen have a lovely day and i'll see you again soon i hope same bye so that was my conversation with Alkin. He's a very interesting actor and filmmaker who is clearly going places and it'll be great when we finally do collaborate in the not-too-distant future. This has been Press Play and Surrender. Thank you for listening. Please consider subscribing wherever you find your podcasts.